Good morning. Welcome to another Morning Java brought to you by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where uh, any time of year you can get a bunch of really good fried appetizers. And they're, they're things that, like, I don't see at other restaurants, like uh, zucchini fries, the way they do them. They're incredible. They got uh, the mac and cheese bites, all kinds of things, like jalapeno poppers. Check them out. Uh, you can do a little combo thing, so you can pick all your favorites, uh, try a bunch, or just uh, get a bunch of... Uh, mozzarella sticks but yeah uh some pretty big news this week um aside from you know the kardashian divorce and the country descending into anarchy uh <laughs> penguins training kit finally start, uh, kicked off and casperi kapanen is not there uh he's still dealing with immigration issues probably gonna well he is gonna miss the start of training camp because they have no yes to have a quarantine before he comes here um he's not gonna be ready by the 13th with it's a week away um Dave, what do you think about this? What, how did, because I mean, he's, you know, a new guy coming in. How are they going to acclimate him uh, when the season starts when he's not here for camp? Well, they'll, I mean, they'll have to do it during practices in season and probably, you know, some in games when he does finally get here, which, you know, as of the time we're taping this, he's still on the other side of the Atlantic. And when he does finally get here, which presumably will be late this week, possibly over the weekend, if things go well at his immigration hearing, he still has to sit or serve a seven-day quarantine because of the pandemic. So it's hard to believe that he would even be available for the second game of the season in Philadelphia. Uh, you would think that he might be ready to go best case scenario uh, by the home opener here. But even that's far from certain. And when it, you know, when he does uh, finally get here, you don't know how he's going to fit in with Crosby and Gensel on that, that first line where the Penguins have him penciled in. I mean, on paper, he seems to have skills that should mesh nicely with theirs. But that's something you never really know until guys are on the ice together. And then you never really know how long it will take for them to develop that, that chemistry. So, you know, when you're dealing with a 56 game season, um, you know, there's not much time for experimentation when, when the real games have begun. So, I mean, this is a, a problem. It's, you know, I guess it's not different than if he had uh, hurt a hamstring on the first day of practice or something like that and would, be sidelined for 10 days or two weeks but you know it's still a it's still a setback for them yeah I mean it, I, it would be kind of like a mid-season trade him just coming in uh you know once the other guys are already playing I guess and I mean he's pretty much penciled in for the first line alongside Gensel and Crosby right now they have Evan Rodriguez up there Evan Rodriguez will probably shift down to the third line uh Lafferty is in the third line that spot now he'd probably shift down to the fourth line we'd assume but um, I mean through these first three days at camp I mean the combinations have been pretty much the same I'm if if Kapanen you know shows up and it doesn't work out with Crosby on the first line I, I really don't know what they would do because we've only seen you know these same combinations throughout camp yeah my guess is that they would move rust up to Crosby's line and try Kapanen with Malkin and if Kapanen wouldn't work out there I would expect his next move would be to uh, go on to the trading block because if he wouldn't be a top six guy on this team I'm not sure that they would want to be 
taking up the salary cap space that, that he does uh, for, for a number of years to come. Um, but that, you know, that's getting way ahead of ourselves. It's, you know, certainly quite possible that he will work out with Crosby and Gensel and, uh, you know, there will be a happy ending for the Penguins. But, you know, I'm sure they would, uh, in uh, best of all worlds, they would be starting to get a feel for how that partnership on the first line is working out, you know, at, at this point in camp. But, you know, no such luck for them. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, when we when we heard that Kapanen wasn't going to be there to start, um, see, I would have thought this would have been a good opportunity for Sam Poulin because whether he – like, he's, he's not going to stay the full season, I don't think, but he is allowed to have that six-game tryout. Um, normally nine games of six games this, uh, this season before his contract would kick in. So they, they could keep him for six games, send him – and then send him back to juniors and it would be fine. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm assuming Kapanen would be here after that sixth game. You'd think it would be a good opportunity to maybe uh, put Poulain in uh, for those six games and then uh, send him back. But, yeah, they've been putting Colton Sevior in um, with the, the extra winger he's been filling in on the fourth line. I don't know. I, I just think it, it would have been nice to see Poulain benefit from this. Yeah, I'm just not sure how much experimentation you want to be doing, you know, once the games begin in a short season where, you know, the importance of every game is magnified, you know, at least a little compared to a normal season. And, you know, perhaps they're, uh, you know, keeping Rodriguez there through camp just in case. You know, uh, they would need to plug somebody in on the uh, on the right side on on one of the top two lines. Um, I guess he would be a, as good a candidate as anyone at this point. I think you know I haven't seen any indication that they would use Poulin on the on the right side. Um, I'm not sure that you want to take Gensel off the left wing with Crosby, you know, to make room for Poulin. So. Um, I don't know. It would certainly be a lot easier for them if uh, if Kapanen were here and, and they were able to uh, find out now exactly what they have. Yeah, and just um, from everything I've I've read about the process, I don't think I, I – I know a lot of people are blaming Kapanen for this. Um, I mean, it's a minority, but just from seeing, like, you know, social and some comments, people are saying, oh, his head's not the game. Why didn't he do this sooner? I don't know. I Like, I, I read about – I'm not an immigration expert, but – um, the website for athletes recommends like 45 day window to, uh, to get this done and the NHL and you need, you know, exact dates. The NHL didn't ha have dates 45 days ago. Um, and if you look around the league, there are a good number of European players in the same boat. And I think it's worth noting that the European players all in the same boat are either on a new contract or, or with a new team. And then, I mean, in Kapanen's case, trying to get a U.S. work visa um, for the first time. So, and I read, you know, like the Helsinki office, um, very like reduced um, capacity. Like, so things, things are moving slow everywhere. I don't think uh, this, people should be blaming Kapanen or getting down on Kapanen this early for this. Yeah, I mean, I cut class the day we covered the finer points of immigration law when I was in college. Um, but you have to think that the fact that Kapanen had played in Canada previously and is now moving to the U.S. 
uh, is probably a complication in the whole process that, you know, if the Penguins had acquired him late last season, uh, the process might have gone along a little more smoothly uh, and quicker than, than it has to this point. But, uh, you know, as you noted, it, it's not as if he's the only European player who's uh, stuck on that side of the, the Atlantic at this point. All right, we're filming this on Wednesday. Uh, we are officially a week away from the start of the season, and it feels like camp just started, and that's because it did. We're only on day three. Uh, and it, it's obviously unique circumstances with, with COVID, but, I mean, this, this is pretty unique. I mean, no preseason, no exhibition games, and, you know, only, I think, like, nine total days of camp. I mean, how – is this going to affect the start of this season? I mean, we're going to see like sloppy hockey to start. How are guys going to get ready in this short amount of span? Oh, I, I think sloppy hockey is uh, pretty much a given uh, through the early days, maybe even the early weeks of the season. It's, you know, it won't necessarily be a matter of guys not being in condition, but, you, you know, there's just not enough time to really get their timing down. Uh, in the case of guys who have new line mates or defense partners, you know, there's, you need time to get acclimated to the, the way the people you play with uh, like to do things, their tendencies on the ice, how they think. You know, in addition to issues caused by the condensed schedule, that the shorter than usual training camps might well contribute to a, uh, an increase in the number of injuries, uh, particularly soft tissue injuries, uh, you know, hamstrings and, and things of that sort, uh, just because guys won't have had time to, to get their bodies ready um, for the start of competition. And the fact that most of your games are going to be played against uh, teams that are rivals and the intensity uh, in those games tends to be a little higher than than in others. You know, I, I think we might see a lot of guys uh, on the injured list. That said, after the year that the Penguins had last season, I don't know that their injured list could be any more crowded than it was then. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I'm just interested in like the like the speed because I mean, normally, I don't know, in a training camp, you kind of work your way up to, you know, the scrimmages and then like the, you know, kind of a game pace preseason, not really full game pace. And then, you know, by the sixth game, you know, preseason, you know, it, you're probably you're pretty much playing at full game speed. They don't really have that this year. I mean, um, we are seeing more scrimmages aside from the first day. I think they're scheduled to have some kind of a scrimmage every um, day of camp, if it's a short one, or an, and then I think what Sunday they're supposed to have an actual full scrimmage. But I mean that, that that's not a lot of opportunity to to get up to you know full game speed. And you know I just think you know there's a lot made of you know the Penguins need to get faster, play with more pace um, coming into this season, and there's just not a whole lot of opportunity for the guys to work on doing that together. Um, with this format? No. Um, I mean, it just occurred to me that they are already almost halfway through training camp. Yeah. There are only seven practices scheduled before the, uh, you know, the opener in Philadelphia on, on the 13th. And with uh, Thursday as a day off, 
they've already had three of those seven. Um, you know, in a, in a normal preseason, the Penguins play six exhibition games, and this year there are only going to be seven practices before the games that, that count uh, get underway. So, yeah, it's, you know, I, I, I think the, uh, the, the shortened uh, camp is going to be evident in, in the how efficient and effective uh, teams are in the, in the early going of the regular season. Yeah, I, I asked, um, you know, the, the players that spoke today about that, the pace, and um, something Zucker said, he, he thought maybe it could, it could work to their advantage, because like I said, like normally, you know, training camp, you kind of work your way up. He said, right now we have no chance but to, you know, like come out of the gate full speed and really go 100% in these early scrimmages. So he thought it could uh, work to their advantage, I guess. You know, it remains to be seen what, what these early games will look like. But, uh, I mean, it's going to look like a start to the regular season, unlike anything we've seen before. Yes, and unlike anything, uh, ideally, that we will ever see again. Uh, yeah. I guess we should be happy that uh, they're going to try to salvage some sort of uh, 2021 season. But uh, this uh, certainly does promise to be a different one. All right, with uh, no fans allowed in the building in some markets, limited fans in other markets, with the NHL being a gate-driven league, they're really going to be hurting for revenue this season. So they're looking for additional revenue streams. And, uh, you know, one of those is accepting more corporate advertisers. Um, two ones, you know, avenues that I know a lot of people criticize that I saw on social media, um, helmet stickers. Uh, I think most teams are doing that. Um, the Penguins, in place of the logos on the side of their helmet, they have um, PPG. Um, a lot of teams are just doing their arena sponsor, from what I've seen. Um, and then another one is uh, renaming the divisions. Uh, corporate sponsors bought the naming rights to the division. So it's still like the East Division, but it, I, I don't even know the, the matchup, but it's like the Honda North Division and the Discover East Division, stuff like that. Um, I, I did see some fans upset. I saw a couple of arguments about this, Dave. Where do you stand on the advertising? Well, I'm uh, quite a traditionalist. I still uh, wish the divisions were named Smythe and Patrick and Norris and things like that. And I still think that uh, there's no problem with games ending in ties. Uh, but in this case, given all of the revenue that, that pretty much every franchise has lost because of the pandemic. I really don't have a major issue with, uh, with them trying to either generate a little income or uh, do some make good uh, contributions to, to advertisers who aren't getting as much bang for their buck as they normally do. Uh, the helmet stickers in particular really don't bother me at all. I, I don't see that as an issue at all. And while I'm not a fan of the uh, of the corporate names that have been attached to the uh, divisions, I believe the Penguins are in the Mass Mutual East Division. Uh, neither uh, those of us in the media nor fans uh, have any legal obligation to refer to the divisions by you know those names. Uh, we can certainly say that just that the Penguins. Uh, are in the East Division, and uh, you know we won't be violating any major or federal statutes. Yeah, and with you know the divisions renaming them, that 
type of thing exists already in a lot a lot of different levels i mean uh the penguins have the powerball power play we don't write the powerball power play just power play i mean even like the all-star game um the nhl calls it like it, it's named the honda all-star weekend and honda you know it, you don't need the wilkes Ferry has the highmark blue cross blue shield blue line like no one no one's saying that <laughs> like mm-hmm. i'm surprised i got it out but um yeah i don't have a problem with it i mean i don't um i I don't think it's going to be on like division banners and I don't uh, think what's going to be on a division banner should is, should be of Penguins fans concern anyway, uh, going into this season. Um, the helmet, yeah, the helmet stickers, I, I know fans, their concern with that was um, that it could lead to advertising on jerseys. Uh, even then, I, I just don't, I'm, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not totally opposed to that. Yeah, I mean, I think just being practical that, yes, that, I mean, that is going to happen at some point, whether it will be next season or not, I don't know. But, you know, the teams are constantly looking for, for new revenue streams, and, and that's a pretty obvious avenue they can explore. I think the only, uh, the only question is how conspicuous those ads will be when, when they finally start to show up. I don't know if uh, eventually – you know, players will look like uh, some of the, those from some European teams or uh, auto racing drivers, or if they will be kind of subtle, just patches that might be uh, similar to those used to commemorate a uh, prominent member of the organization who had died or, or something like that. But, I mean, it's just one of the uh, fiscal realities of uh, – sports in, in in the modern era team you know franchises need to generate income and you know advertising is a way to do it without you know directly going to your ticket buyers and and people like that and, and hitting them up for more cash yeah i i think people kind of talk about it as like a dichotomy that where it's either no ads on jerseys or you know like the european uh, NASCAR jerseys or like soccer mm. where they replace the logo with like, like they make the Canadians logo, the Honda logo. Like, I, I don't think um, that's where this is headed, uh, at least anytime soon. I mean, uh, if you look at like, I don't know, I follow a lot of minor league hockey, women's hockey. And I mean, do they have advertising on the jerseys? And it's not something you really notice. I mean, like Wilkes-Barre, you might be instead of um, two shoulder patches with the logo, it might be one logo and one ad um minor leagues they've had advertising on the helmets for a while you don't think of it uh the women's uh nwhl they have like a little dunkin donuts patch uh you just don't notice it and Mm. i know um i know like i think fans are concerned that you know like if they buy their own you know crosby jersey it's gonna have you know a whatever patch if they do that which that's not even how it happens in europe like the ones that are you know cluttered Mm. with ads fans buy jerseys there i because I've looked into it, trying to buy European jerseys, like they, they sell them without the ads. Um, so I'm I'm not too worried about it. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, I I grew up with the game in a time when there were no ads on the boards or on the ice. And while it was a little disconcerting early on when when ads on the boards uh, were introduced, you, you get acclimated to it quickly enough. And you know, same with the ads on the ice. Um, if, you know, 
dealing with a couple of ads on helmets or sweaters is uh, the biggest issue that, that confronts hockey and the people who follow it over the next few years, then I think we're in pretty good shape. Yeah, and I, I think it's worth noting that, I mean, the salary cap is not going up until hockey revenue reaches a certain uh, point. Like we said, that's not coming through the gate. Um, if you want the cap to go up, you should like these uh, additional revenue streams that could help your team escape cap hell in the coming years. Because, uh, I mean, this flat cap, some teams are really going to be screwed if it, if it stays like this too long. Mm. Um, so I, if putting up with a sticker on the helmet helps uh, get, you know, the NHL out of the sooner, great. Well, I think the players would agree with you. 